Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show coming up this week on driven radio show chevy will give you a chunk of change if you hang on to your new co6 corvette a different kind of c8 corvette is spied testing at the nurburgring Ooh. and the nhtsa is investigating bronco engine failures because they, they just go boom <laughs> and segment two vasic pollock jr will be here to discuss his father's porsche legacy growing up in the porsche world and all the cool car stuff he's doing Hey, car fans, welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo! And the madman, the mind behind Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Hey! We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios way. in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. And thank God, yeah. G- somebody finally turned off the broiler i the know love right? of christ at least for a day or two we had a night where we kept the doors or windows open yeah i'm like what unbelievable unbelievable we haven't seen one of those since uh april <laughs> yeah, it's been a Freak while. Out wrong. April. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't boil back up anytime soon. Well, it's supposed to be warmer next week, but it's supposed to be cloudy and rainy off and on all this week, well, and that's fine because my I'll grass is my grass looks like hammered straw. If you've already you know tap dance on the surface of the surface of the sun, I mean laying down your boogie in hell, <laughs> it'll be easy. It is. It has been like <laughs> Satan's front porch outside. Honest to God, yeah, for weeks, forever. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard, if you like what you're hearing. Be sure to tackle us at the next car show we attend. Please! Or leave a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to tell all your gearhead friends... If there's something you'd like to hear more of, or if you have an interesting story, by all means, tell us. Send us your emails at, to brett at readthedriven.com. Oh, Gentlemen, it's been a minute. Haven't seen each other since the Great Car Show. That was pretty fantastic stuff. Before we dig deeply into all of that, we... we we have to get into all the stuff we did at the Great Car Show and want to talk about stuff we've done with cars this week. But first, I want to thank all of our listeners, my two co-hosts, and our, our missing man in the formation, Mr. Vern Estes, as we mark our fourth anniversary here on Driven Radio. Wow. And nice. it's all Mark Grove's fault. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, 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 mean, I blame you, mister. This is, I don't really know. This is your circus and your monkeys. Uh <laughs> Four years ago, Mark convinced me that we could do a weekly car podcast, and I jumped at the opportunity to just geek out once a week talking about car stuff, and we started out as Road Muscle Radio. After eight months or so, Vern joined the show as the third voice, and he did a fantastic job. He brought his wealth of Shelby, Mustang, and Bronco knowledge with him. Nine months in... Mark's job tried to swallow him whole. <laughs> You're not wrong. And they decided it would be okay if he worked 130 hours a week. 
<laughs> and it's stupid me. I'm like, okay, yeah. and, and I'm a good employee. Yeah. I'll be good for you. Yeah. And Mark didn't have time to mess with any car-related stuff. Yeah. He had to step away, and Vern and I left, and we renamed the show Driven Radio Show, and we struggled to find studio space and time and an engineer who was awake and had a pulse. <laughs> and we had some really rocky shows. Please don't go back and listen to them. Just as I was ready to throw in the towel, Mark got hold of me and said, hey, I want to come back. We can do this and make it work. I've got more time now. And we added Corey as a third voice. Sorry. And just a... <laughs> That's okay. You'll have a chance to give it back. Well, the weird thing was he just showed up. I mean, suddenly there's this other guy, and we're like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Actually, the other guy was me. You were already here. You you know how orphans will show up on your doorstep and a a bassinet? Corey showed up on our doorstep with a steering wheel on his head. And headphones. And wanted to come on in. Pacifier. And that was just over two and a half years ago and we've been motoring along ever since and like we say at the end of every show we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners so thank you all for keeping us afloat and keeping us alive four years in and we just keep having more fun guys yeah What'd you get to do with cars this week? Well, I hung out with some pretty cool guys, you know. And they're, yeah, they're well, right, let's you know, let's and, talk about that before we go too far. Yep, uh, the great car show. First of all, man, did I try to weasel out of that? <laughs> you did. I, That's I what tried I with, for with everything I had. Oh, this is gonna suck. It's gonna be hot and it's raining. Yeah. It's gonna be. I want a beer yeah. and I'm hungover. And gonna uh-huh. broil our butts. And, nah, Probably. I, I, I knew I could find beer there, uh, but <laughs> it, it just. I I was so whiny with Mark that morning, and he talked me into going. And thank you for doing so. It turned Absolutely. out so much better than I thought I was going to turn out. And it was fantastic. Corey brought the urban assault vehicle, and Mark brought that big easy up, and we took the pickup and had all the stuff in it, and we made it really comfortable. We had fans blowing on us. We just had cold how, drinks uh, right there. Oh yeah, just think how dull it would have been. Just I mean, the van is nice by itself, but I mean, I wouldn't have had this cool like uh, uh, podcast booth sitting in front of the van if you didn't show up. No, so it's a good thing. I wore my sandals and went and stomped in mud puddles. I was really happy, <laughs> <laughs> and we got to talk to a bunch of cool people too. So uh, uh, that was fun. And for those that came on, thank you so much. I mean, there were so many more people, and mm. it's like, you know, you just got to kind of grab and pick and choose. Well, we got to talk to Jim about a 69 GTO. Uh, that was cool, and it was neat to talk to him. And, and Mr. Shapiro about uh, Ferraris. Got to oh, speak yeah. to Mr. Shapiro, awesome. and thank you. And we uh, got to finally tackle Daryl Ossipik and put him in the hot seat. Oh, yeah. And talk to him about how he keeps all my crap running. And Brett from down That's the way right. from uh, the auto place. And, and oh, yeah. He was uh, a from, cool guy. From Aeromotive. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and it Super was, cool. It was cool having him on, too. And the day turned out really nice. Yeah. It stayed really cloudy up until right before the very end. Oh, yeah. And then it turned into a blistering nightmare. Oh, yeah. But uh, up until that point, wow. It nice was day. stinking I, you know, hot at the I end. Just, I have blanked on his name. What was the gentleman that came over and we had that nice little chat? He was eating that hot dog. A uh, mature gentleman who liked all the Corvairs. Oh, I, I can't remember his name. Doggone it. And it oh, sucks. And, uh, what kind of person am I? And the, and the, he, he worked for TWA. He worked for TWA, and he had those kicking shoes, and that hat was cool. Was and it Alan? I don't remember. Just I don't a, either, but he was he was super cool, and we sat and hung out and uh, ate hot dogs, and uh, he was just fun to talk to. He really was. So thank you, everybody who dropped yeah. by the booth. 
Uh, we got to see Dana Forrester, who we've had on the show before, and he's still painting cool Corvette stuff. And just really a good time. And again, thank you, Mark, for dragging my butt. Out, <laughs> you know, it's funny. House. I actually didn't say much of anything. I just was silent on the other end. And you were like, ah, ah fine. <laughs> it, it, it's a, that's a sales tactic. Whoever speaks <laughs> first really loses. Hate neg- <laughs> really hate your negotiation tactics. I should have shut up. <laughs> it, one month yeah. as a car salesman, and it all comes back. Yeah, well, I did it for a year. No wonder I didn't sell nothing. <laughs> I hear you. Now, now, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing a, a whole show there live and all that stuff, and there's only so many people we could probably fit in. Yeah. Um, and so I had talked to uh, a small handful of people that were kind of interested, and sorry that you didn't have a chance to get on the show. Yeah. Uh, but definitely look for us at – uh, upcoming type of events like that because I think uh, I think we like that. I think oh, we absolutely. You know, that. There was an, an energy. It's kind sometime. of fun just being out there live with people. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I was really surprised at uh, the mobile board you had and how cleanly everything got set up and what and I thought it was yeah, going to be I love a, that little thing. a royal pain and man you had it down. So <laughs> Roadcaster, Roadcaster <laughs> Pro, <laughs> Dynamic Max. All right, and uh, also when you're finished listening to this very podcast, head over to YouTube, Craving Cars, and you can see the video of the show. Oh, of no, the can. one we attended. That means now you have to edit it. Now I have some stuff to do. Excuse me, guys. Uh, have a good evening. Uh-huh. We'll see you next Jim. week. Uh-huh. Okay, did you do anything this week? Um, so the previous, actually, I, I went to another car show and it was even, uh, it was stupid. Actually, it was, I don't even know why I went. No, the car show was great, but not, not many people showed up because if we think it was even a little warm at the great car show, oh, this no. was ridiculous. Oh, when you look at the yeah. temperature and it says, why does my phone tell me the actual temperature is like 101 degrees? Yeah. Cause you know, the heat index is a lot more. <laughs> yeah, tri- yeah. Triple digits mean I'm hiding inside. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, however, the van was there. We ended up – so we were doing a DJ setup, and we're using the van to power the DJ booth like we've done before. That van really lets you cheat. We put, <laughs> we put the whole DJ uh, whole setup on the, the galley that's inside the van, mm-hmm. shut the door to just enough for the cords, and kick the AC on. <laughs> and we actually survived because the board overheated. Even though it was in the shade, it was so hot, the board actually overheated. So that was the only way we were going to get it to work. And you know what? That's what he told me. It everybody. was phenomenal. It worked out really good. And I He's just sat back and watermelon. reclined in my chair while we were just chilling in the AC at a car show. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting in there eating watermelon, weren't you? I might have been. <laughs> might have had a beer or so. Uh huh. Might have been. Kind of figured so. That's what they say. Hey, Mr. Mark, have you sold that another motorcycle yet? No, I had a couple of people send me, you know, things. Hey, is this it's a good time to come by? Oh, how about this? <laughs> I yeah, still okay. like that That's you're dealing with like Facebook freaks. That just pleases me. <laughs> well, you know, I I figure it'll go sometime, or I'll just have a, an extra motorcycle. You know, it uh, uh, the insurance on it really is surprisingly not that bad for being yeah. a um, human target. Here, here's something <laughs> I will say. When you got the bike, you looked a little like a bear on a trike on it. <laughs> but you've lost so much weight, the bike is now... Pretty appropriate uh, yeah. to your frame. And probably uh, the ratios are a little more on target, especially I, for the 750. I certainly think they are, and that's probably faster now, too. I, You know, I haven't <laughs> really tried it that much of late. I was riding beef there for so long, that uh, 1600. And then uh, I, wonder. Uh, I, need to, I do need to pull it out, though, and give it a ride because I, that gas ages. Yes. I wonder for, yeah, uh, for however 
you know, like for each pound you lose, how much quicker to zero sixty the bike is? I don't know, but he's lost lost enough pounds. There should be a market difference. <laughs> a market really difference. Market yeah, hey difference. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I had a great time at the Great Car Show. Uh, that was really enjoyable. And again, thank you for dragging me along. I I just I didn't think it was going to turn out as well as it did. It it, it exceeded expectations greatly. It's a good thing you didn't have to hit you with a stick. <laughs> All day Sunday, I worked on the 65 Corvette. Ooh, okay. Figured out how to get that coolant catch tank out of the way without unhooking all the hoses. Pushed that out. Got that battery out of there. It did look like uh, just, I, I've seen monkey poo fights at the zoo that look more organized. But I did manage to get everything out of there. Got the battery replaced. Took all the caps off, all the took all the spinners off of it, cleaned them up, put them back on, got new pins in them, got new caps on them. So now all the wheels are staying on the car, which is kind That's of a helpful. novel concept. That's nice. <laughs> and and yeah, uh, a couple of McPherson Auto Restoration Program grads came down to the warehouse and put new carpet and a new convertible top <gasps> on the red Corvette. No way! Oh, nice! So it's looking all kinds of spiffy and ready to go. Oh, dude. And uh, I have to Should thank Jacob and Tyler for spending the time to get that done and make it look right. And Jake is coming back this Friday to put new leather seat covers on the 65. Go, Jake, go. So they're all going to look really cool. I had great Corvette stuff going on. Uh, very happy week. Very happy. Now, that's that leopard skin leather, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. Except okay. it's pink. Oh, you're going to class that bitch up. That's right. <laughs> now I'm going to get me some curb feelers. When's the last time anybody saw curb feelers anywhere? <laughs> you know, it's only an old car show. It's been a couple days. I haven't seen curb feelers forever, man. I wonder if you can even get them. <laughs> last I could use them. I curb check all the time, man. I suck at <laughs> that truck. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> In the news, Chevy's going to give you a chunk of change if you hang on to your Corvette Z06 for a year. A different kind of C8 Corvette is spied testing at the Nürburgring. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is investigating Bronco engine failures. That's right. Mm. Bronco engine failures. That is Car's not been good. Out for That's awesome. Two, not, the, the 23s aren't out yet. Mm, 2021 no. Bronco engines are just Bronco going. Bronco to <laughs> Broco. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Our special guest this week is Vasek Pollock Jr. He will be here to discuss his father's Porsche racing legacy, growing up in the Porsche world, and all the cool car stuff he is doing. Let's get to the news. From MotorAuthority.com, you can keep your 2023 Corvette Z06 for a year. Chevy's going to give you $5,000 if you'll hang on to it for a year. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, 5000 value. Uh, We've all seen the gouging done by car flippers on special interest cars in the past, and it's going all the way back to the 1990 Corvette ZR1 and beyond. Now, recently, new Corvettes, Ford GTs, and Broncos, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, no we, shit. You may have to give up on that one if you were banking on mm -hmm. have all seen outrageous markups, particularly by those who bought the cars at sticker and then tacked on a, an exorbitant profit on resale. General Motors is offering 2023 Chevrolet Corvette Z06 owners, uh, buyers, a financial incentive to keep their cars rather than flipping them. 
Mm-hmm. In an email to customers first spotted at CorvetteBlogger.com, GN dangled 500,000 My Chevrolet Rewards points that's valued at $5,000. It's kind of like when you get rewards points on your credit card and you're like, I got 12,000 points, and it turns out it's worth 73 bucks. <laughs> it's all it's all green stamps. Uh, yeah, you remember those? <laughs> yes, I do. Your I grandma's am, got 5,000 of them now with her Z06. I am that old. <laughs> it's not cash, though. And you yeah. have to uh, you have to keep the car for at least twelve months from the date of purchase, mm-hmm. and those My Chevrolet Rewards points can be redeemed for parts and accessories and keychains and motorcycle jackets and maybe a dash plaque. Yeah. Uh, the email was sent out shortly after GM confirmed pricing for the Z06. It's going to start at one hundred six thousand three hundred ninety five thousand dollars. That at least it includes destination. Oh boy! For the <laughs> for the based one LZ coupe, and one hundred thirteen thousand eight ninety five for the one LZ convertible. Order books uh, open July 28th, and production is scheduled to start later this summer. Now, Z06 is LT6 5.5-liter V8, develops 670 horsepower. This is my favorite part. And 460 foot-pound of torque without forced induction. It can also rev up to 8,600 RPM. I'm trying to imagine what that sounds like when somebody just... You know, puts the onions to it there in the garage. I'll take you for a ride in the 65 and let you see what about six grand sounds like. It's glorious. The next 2,600 RPM. Uh, I mean, just that, want that. That want is that. just a man scream, and I'm digging it. Uh, the LT6 should also make the 2023 Z06 an instant collectible, and with so many new models getting flipped, it's not surprising that GM would try to incentivize owners to keep their cars. However, will $5,000 in reward points be enough okay two observations here real quick yeah. one uh and we're about to talk about this they're going to make a hybrid corvette and it's already forthcoming they're going to make an electric corvette gm has already patented the name or trademarked the name e-ray so <laughs> those are those are both coming with those two things coming i'm guessing the z06 doesn't get an overly protracted production run so they oh. probably aren't going to make tons of them. Yeah. That will make it an instant collectible. What was that Corvette that they made like so few of? Was it the 1980? Which one? Wasn't there like some weird, just when they ended that, the long body style, oh, they, and then they went a year or two with no Corvettes. Well, they made a collector's edition in 82, and it was that silver beige color with the weird oh, yeah. uh, kind of fade disco stripes in it and the multicolored interior, and it was the only one of the third generation Corvettes with a bubble back window that the window operated. It was a hatchback. You could, it was actually pretty useful. Um, I love those cars. I, I don't know how many of those they made. I'd have to look it up. There's been a lot of special editions and low production numbers and all that kind of stuff in Corvette history. I'm guessing they will make a few of these, but the reason that I threw the note in about the 1990 Corvette ZR1. Yeah. That car stickered for around thirty-two to thirty-five grand. The ZR1 package on top of it, just your base level, your base Corvette, was another twenty-nine thousand dollars. Oh my that effectively God. doubled what the car went for. So those cars, you know, you throw a few options at them and stuff. You're talking sixty-five grand. They were, first of all, it was the world's worst kept secret everybody and their mother knew those things were coming out. And when they finally did, the guys who had orders for them 
bought them and marked them up to $100,000. And some of the dealerships that were selling them did that too. Oh. Bought them on spec and marked them up to a hundred grand. So yeah. adding this big money on top is not uncommon. It's been done for a long time. Is it shitty? Guaranteed. Yeah. It is absolutely a crap move to make. But a lot of people see dollars rather than morality, and that's how that works. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'd feel like a scuzz. All that said, $500,000 in Chevrolet rewards points or about five grand that you could go spend on other stuff pales in comparison to the possibility of a $50,000 payday. Yeah. Reselling something that's rare, nobody can get their hands on. Yeah. And guys who have more money than brains don't mind flopping down an extra 50K to get. Yeah, just to say, I are have you really going to look at that and go, you know, I kind of like the Chevrolet points? You know, yeah, I'm not going to flip it for 5000 Bull. Uh, screw that 50000 <laughs> Bull honky. I got morals. I got 12 months. I got 365 days of morals. <laughs> I got a kid who wants to go to Princeton. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Yeah, so uh, I don't see too many people holding on to those for the points. Nah. The people uh, who wind up claiming the points are the people who bought the car and wanted to have it and didn't care what anybody else was offering for it. Oh, it's like that dude uh, out at the out at the uh, great car show that we uh, talked to that has this uh, Corvette that he had to send back because the uh, the transmission was going wonk on it mm-hmm. and it was brand new. He'd had it like a month. Yeah, and he's like, you know what? No, I I'm just gonna let him fix it. Yeah. I'll take care of it. And well, then I'm gonna yeah. have my car back and, and I want every, that car. Everything we've read, heard, and seen about these. Uh, the base Corvettes that are still tough to get your hands on and still commanding big money are supposed to be fantastic performers, especially at that price point. And the yeah. other the other thing to be to note on this, and we've talked about this a couple times now, a Z06 loaded up with all the goodies on it is about 160 grand, roughly. And for a Corvette that seems like an exorbitant amount of money, the performance stats they're predicting put it right in the same realm as a Porsche 911 GT3 whose base price is about a buck 60 and that's before you stick anything in it and that's the Corvette loaded up with everything on it by the time you get done with a Porsche I'm guaranteeing you you could cross that 200 grand threshold yeah. without working too hard so you know don't gripe about the price until somebody tacks a great big fat <laughs> markup on the back side of it but we're still getting really incredible stuff for the money yeah now is $160,000 a lot of money that's a ton yeah. of jack yeah uh in my world at least where we live in the midwest where things are reasonably affordable still even after everything that's gone on 160 grand buys you a chunk of a nice house yeah it does so yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, uh, a poor man's paradise is a is a rich man's parking lot. Yeah, so, you well, know. priorities, baby, priorities. Amen. Hey, from Haggerty, we've got leaked more Corvette news. Yay! A hybrid Corvette due in 2023 is seen testing on the Nurburgring. GM President Mark Royce uh, promised a new hybrid Corvette for 2023 in a tweet issued earlier this year. The hybrid vet will make use of a small battery likely located in the front trunk, or frunk, if you like that, uh, with much of the hybrid system contained in the drivetrain. Main power should still come from the existing 6.2 liter V8. Which is a very potent motor. Yes, it is. Right on the cusp of 500 horsepower itself. 
Recently, a camouflage Corvette hybrid was spied testing at Germany's Nürburgring. The hybrid Corvette can be distinguished by the yellow stickers required by the Nürburgring for vehicles that have enhanced electrical components to tip off safety workers in the event of a crash. You know, we've seen these videos of oh yeah of, of burning Teslas that they put out, and then they come back bigger, better, and worse than they were before. <laughs> In a video earlier this year, Chevrolet teased an all-wheel drive Corvette grabbing for traction in the snow, and this could be it with the electric motor driving the front wheels. Speculation is that the forthcoming all-electric Corvette will definitely be all-wheel drive. An all-wheel drive vet. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I'd sign up for that. I'd be you know, okay with it. Big, fat, wide tires okay and all four it. of them grabbing the corners. You know... I don't have any problem with the new Corvettes. I really like the idea. Uh, even with a hybrid, and I, I drive it anyway. If I want to feel like I'm going back to fully analog stuff, yeah, I got fully you are, analog yeah, you got, stuff. You got a garage full of fully analog. I, I can go back to drum barracks <laughs> and no power steering, Jack. <laughs> Chevy filed for a trademark for the name E-Ray, but at this point, it seems more likely that name will be saved for an all-electric Corvette rather than this hybrid. Look for the hybrid in the third quarter of 2023. I'll be just as interested to see that as I am the Z06. You know, and I have a feeling the Chevy's not going to do like what uh, Ford did with the Mustang and make that Mach-E, which was just a crap show. You know... I'll tell uh, you now, what. It, it may run nice. Uh, no, no, no offense to how it runs, but it just looks like hell. And oh, no, those have things have had a bunch of recalls on them. Oh, all, seriously? Already. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about more of that garbage here in a minute. But I think now Corvette really should be spun off as its own brand. Oh, and I that's think, interesting. I think there should be a Corvette sedan, and I think there should be a Corvette SUV. And here's why. And this came out of a conversation I was having with our buddy, Ped Watt. People who are paying the money that the Corvettes are going for now are shopping them against stuff like Porsches and Ferraris and other performance cars. The service that you would get from your average Chevy dealership is it's pretty run-of-the-mill. I mean, they do a good job. That's yeah. not what I'm knocking. But these people expect an experience like being in an expensive European car dealership. Well, think about it. You go to get it, and it gets presented to you, right, down in uh, Kentucky? Yeah. And you come rolling off the showroom like some type of freaking star. You kind of, I, I think that would set a precedent. Well, the dealerships, Chevy dealerships aren't set up that way. Yeah. Chevy dealerships are pretty much just more common, more affordable, reliable American stuff. But they are not set up with that European performance. You yeah. know, not like walking into even a Mercedes dealership or Jaguar or Maserati or anybody else, Lamborghini. And that is, that's the realm they're playing in now. Yeah. And I, after Ped and I talked about it for a while, I think they ought to spin it off as its own brand and go after that customer. They could call it GM genital motors because it still has balls for being a car uh-huh maybe not uh, anyway all right so uh from rodentrack.com <laughs> thank god yeah, moving right along 
the NHTSA is investigating catastrophic engine failures in the 2021 Ford Broncos. Speaking of Ford quality. Ruh-roh, Raggy. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has opened an investigation into a potential issue with a valve train and V6-equipped 2021 Ford Broncos that could lead to catastrophic engine failure at highway speeds. Do they have coyotes in any of those? No, but they ought to. They ought to, because apparently the V6 is not the way to go. Nope. Uh, there was a public filing that was published la- uh, last this week on that. The filing, which was first reported by, by the Wall Street Journal, states that in uh, June 7th, 2022, quoting this, uh, meeting with Ford, the Office of Defects Investigation learned this alleged loss of motor power as a result of catastrophic engine failures due to the engine valves failing. Ford identified the root cause as the valve keepers. You said root. I did. <laughs> General Motors is going to come in and buy the Bronco brand. Uh, keepers not holding the retainer in place, allowing the valve spring to detach from the valve, resulting in interference between the valve and the piston. You know what that means? <laughs> it fall down, go boom. Your crap went bad. <laughs> yeah. And it results in an engine lockup. We're not talking just shut down, a lockup. Okay. Well, you can fix that. Just tell us, swap it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes! Uh, NHTSA first started looking into into Bronco 2.7 liter V6 issues in May, following complaints from 32 owners. That's that's That's, fairly... That's that's a pretty good chunk of PO'd people. The probe covers an estimated 25,538 vehicles, and there are no reports of any crashes or injuries as a result of engine failures. Good, thank God. That is surprising, because if the engine locks up, wouldn't it just kind of... You're, you're, you'd be like, I, I, I don't know if that means that the transmission is done or you can shift a neutral or you're just toast or I'm not real sure what happens there. I'm glad I haven't personally been in one to find out. Now, I do know like uh, uh, when I, in my Chevy truck, it's 2008 Chevy Silverado. I was with my kids up in the Rocky Mountains and I'm, ju- I'm scared of heights. So I'm the only one driving, and I mean, I am puckered. Their uh-huh. ears are popping, not from the altitude changes, but from my butt. So uh, we're driving along, re- and I'm being as careful as I can, and I'm, I went to downshift. Apparently, when I moved the shift lever uh, on the column, I I got a little too close to reverse. Uh-huh. Didn't realize it. All of a sudden, Smoke. motor no, motor's off. Yep. Power's off. It auto shut down that motor. Now, that is the first time my kids have ever heard me use language like that. I, I must I, we should. You're a better man than I am. I, oh, my God. My kids have heard that a lot. <laughs> but uh, I went to start it up. Boom. It went going. So it was an automatic safety feature. I wonder if, to make a long story long, I, if, I don't know. If that uh, is part of this. Who knows? It, it would it would make sense. My kids learned all that language when I've been wrenching on stuff in the garage. <laughs> Well, they were trapped in the cab with you, me. mother. And you know, kids, I love you, and I'm sorry you have that memory. I know you laugh about it. I still don't. Okay, NHTSA first started looking at Bronco 2.7 liter V6 issues in May. I yeah, we that- talked about this back in May, but I didn't realize this was going to be such a big thing. The problems with the new Bronco reflects a much larger problem at Ford, which Ford, which has struggled with quality issues on new models for years now. Uh, just last month, Ford halted deliveries on the Mustang Mach-E. Oh, we're yes! just talking about that? for a defect that caused batteries to potentially overheat, which is bad for that many damn batteries yeah. in the car you're in. Uh, Ford has more recalls than any other U.S. automaker in 2022, with 45 open currently. Unbelievable. <sighs> Wow. 
Well, we're going to get away from all those problems. Our special <laughs> guest this week is Vashik Polak Jr. He will be here to discuss his father's legacy growing up in the Porsche world and all the cool car stuff he has going on right now. All this and much more is coming up next here on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is Vashik Pollock Jr. Vashik is the son of Vashik Pollock Sr. Wow, that's how juniors usually work. Owner of the first <laughs> exclusive Porsche dealership in the United States, a wow. Porsche tuner for uh, numerous famous racing drivers, and a racer in his own right. Vashik is the curator of the Vashik Pollock Collection, uh, Vashik Pollock Consulting, and... Lots of other cool stuff that he's doing. Vashik, welcome to Driven Radio. Well, thank you. The list of drivers your father prepped cars for is like reading a list of who's who in the racing world. Uh, Jack McAfee, Ken Miles, Jerry Titus, Roger Penske, Bob Holbert, uh, Gene Behera, uh, Joe Bonnier, Wolfgang von Tripps, Milt Mentor, Hurley Haywood. The list goes on. And your dad also don't, did... Don't forget George Fulmer. Don't forget George Fulmer. Uh, George Fulmer, <laughs> Jody Schachter. Uh, your dad also raced uh, cars himself. Do you have a favorite memory of racing with your father or being around any of those other racers? Well, uh, there, there, you know, there were so many, and they were so wonderful. And so, you know, it was like a big family to me. I admired the incredible skills that these guys had. I also, you know, had some aptitude that, you know, I could have done some races uh, uh, clearly because when we went testing, uh, I, got, I got to ride with the guys just to get an idea how it's done because I'm very visually uh, 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 when I can see it, I can do it. It's not a You not learn a visually, yeah. Uh, yeah, acute, acute, whatever is called the English word for it, right? So, yeah. so like with Milt, we would uh, go and test in Willow Springs, and then he goes, "Okay, you drive, and I'll sit next to it, you know, next to you." And then the breaking points and stuff, you know, the, the coming through the corners, that was uh, not much of a problem. But the judge as to where you break and where you came out and all of this, and if you got to see it. You know, uh, he was always very impressed how how uh, good I am, and he would ask father. He said, "Why didn't you give him a chance? Why don't you give him a chance?" And uh, uh, when I also had a, a chance to talk to him, and he always said, "Only one son, many drivers." Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. So that was that was well. It was you know I I understood, and you know in yeah. in those days. You know, a lot of them also didn't make it at the end. And, you know, one of the most heart-wrenching uh, 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 story was uh, the end of Jerry Titus. You know, that that was, uh, we were at the race in, uh, uh, in, in Riverside and we were coming home. We had this big Pontiac with this really goofy trailer and we all piled up in the Pontiac and we are driving back and, there was a, a radio station in LA that uh, followed races and where the big races were. 
suddenly there is an announcement that Jerry had a massive accident in uh, Eckhart Lake and uh, that uh, it's very doubtful that he would survive. And so it's total silence in the car from mm. that announcement all the way home. And then the next morning, tra- uh, father got hold of uh, Jerry's uh, young wife and and uh, talked to her, and he, he said he is in int- intensive care. And the doctor said, you know, it's very good possibility that he had make he'll make it, but he had enormous amount of facial injuries, and uh, and uh, he he found out he was blind, and uh, mm. he just gave up. Can you tell us about the projects you're involved with now? Uh, there seems to be a pretty good laundry list of them. Taste of Motorsports, uh, the Vashik Pollock con- uh, collection. Uh, we hear there may even be a book coming. Uh, tell us about all the things you have going on. Well, thank you. Uh, I am I am still you know incredibly uh, proud of what my father had accomplished, and uh, and uh, uh, I would like to. Also, we, my darling daughter has two cute little boys. One looks just like me. And uh, so I, I, you know, she said, you know, maybe well the guys will, will, will eventually, you know, like cars and stuff. And the older one, Damien, I just took to the first race ever, uh, two Sundays ago, at PIR, where George Palmer had, I don't know now for sure, for sure he won. But I don't know whether that was the race that he he uh, sealed the 1976 uh, uh, Trans Am Championship with the 934s that Hurley drove one and George drove one. And uh, the ge- gentleman that uh, embraced us with his Porsche car, uh, his name is Eric Joyner, and he is uh, doing commercials in a huge way. And uh, he he was so keen on what my father had done that when the unscrupulous people that were left behind were selling my father's uh, 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 properties and stuff, he bought the race shop Ooh. in Torrance and had completely refurbished it and made it absolutely gorgeous. And some of the cars that he had done commercials with, he bought them and kept there. And he has this RSR that he drives, and he won the race, and he said this is the first victory since George Palmer was here in, uh, 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 with the Trans Am car. And I am so proud that you know I was able to do it because Vasek Polak Jr. is here and his... Uh, uh, grandson is here for the very first race ever and so he gave this really sweet speech on oh the, on the cool podium. very yeah. cool so uh, he's the one that uh, uh, is the keeper of the building and uh, he's so proud he actually has a small little sticker on the side of his guys is washing for lockdown very <laughs> cool so anyway the, that's part of it uh, uh, we are definitely working on a book we are quite far with it um, I don't know whether we would be able to finish it before the end of the year or immediately after. And then there's, of course, some the production issues and all this stuff. But I would just love it if it could come uh, before the Rensport reunion next year at the end of September, first, uh, first day of October 
uh, next year. What is the book about? Well, it's basically about my father, <laughs> you know, where, uh, Maybe I even tell you too much because that's what the book is all about. Oh, okay. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll leave it at there. There, there are some tidbits that uh, Wait for the I, book. I Wait for the book. That will be in the book. <laughs> fair enough. What is the taste of motorsports? Taste of motorsports was a very interesting endeavor, or is a very interesting endeavor. It was an employee of mine when I came to Oregon to work for the my father's said, I would like you to work for somebody else for a while that, you know, can you can see it, how it's done from a different level because this chap was a, a very nice German fellow that came from the high ranking of uh, uh, the distributorship that Newt Kovali was leading in Pacific Northwest but was owned by Shell Kovali. Well, it was owned by the uh, Kovali family, very astute. Uh, you know, they uh, came up with the Jensen car, and and uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce, uh, the son, always said, "I would like to have the money that my father had lost," <laughs> because his, his father, his father was just incredibly, uh, you know, because the, the the dealerships were doing so well that any new idea that came about, he was all for it, and you know, he would fight and set them, and uh, and. Uh, well, there was even a Kovali car, which uh, that was the dad's idea, and then Bruce had to deal with it. I met him in Italy when that was being you know, being constructed. And Taste of Motorsports. So this fellow that started it was actually working for me when you know I kind of ran out of things to do in Pacific Northwest, and my wife and uh, and our little little darling daughter, we decided you know this is a place to be until father calls and. Uh, ask us to come to California, and then we will consider it, of course. But uh, you know, we just fell in love with uh, with uh, Pacific Northwest, like everybody else does who uh, visits. And uh, and uh, so we, I was I was looking for something to do. So my uh, uh, next step was to be doing accessories. I always like accessories, especially wheels and. And, you know, when you sat in the car seat and it was so great, you know, because it gave you such a great support. So I became the distributor for Ricaro in Pacific Northwest. And I became the distributor for, for uh, BBS wheels in Pacific Northwest and Cornish Sharks and on and on and on and on. And there comes my friends from Cincinnati Microwave with a little radar detector. Mm-hmm. And this fellow arrives and has young fellow arrives in this Porsche Turbo. And he goes, how do you mount this? You know, and I said, well, didn't they show you, uh, send you two pieces of Velcro? He said, you mean to tell me that I'm going to put a Velcro on my on my leather, you know, <laughs> leather to sample car? There's no possible way. And I said, come, and he said, come up with a with a bracket for it. So I am taking my little daughter to 31 flavors to have ice cream, and I see this two section cups on the bottom, two on the top holding a sign, open, closed, and the hours. So I go, hmm, interesting. So then I love simplicity. So I, not in my speech, but in, in, in the products. And so <laughs> I had, I had uh, come up with a super simple kind of a wedge type length of the, uh, or the width of the radar detector and drill two holes on the top, put uh, these suction cups in, 
at first, some people wanted to have it permanently installed. So I got some 3M high temperature tape uh, to put it onto the radar detector, put it onto the uh, piece that went against the against the uh, windshield. Then I took the single line uh, wire and ran it around the rubber and hooked it up directly into the into the uh, um, electrical system. So you set in the car, turn the key, radar detector came on, and it took off. You never had to deal wow. with it. I had and, no uh, idea this is the guy I had to thank for keeping my ass from getting so many tickets. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there, you. there, there, you know, as you are doing things, suddenly there is something that just, just explodes. And this radar detector just overshadowed everything what I have been doing <laughs> and because the, the the guys that started Cincinnati Microwave were three brilliant engineers that uh, you know this little how to wound it was totally insignificant for them to think about right so they were after the electronic part that you know uh, Paul Allen came the Cincinnati Paul Allen came up with the antenna and uh, uh, Jim Jagger came up with some other things, and and uh, uh, so uh, and, and Mike Valentine, you know, uh, yeah. part of the three mm -hmm. three guys. Uh, so they were all all into the electronics, and uh, you know, I come up with this bracket that they just love. <laughs> and so at one Christmas, they ordered like three hundred of them to give them to friends and all this stuff. And we were selling them like hotcakes. I, uh, I always said, you know, there's a... I'm coming to Taste of Motorstrom, by the way. Uh, there, 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 there was... Uh, there was uh, I said, you know, we need to have an 800 number. We need to advertise in the most, most uh, clever uh, one-third page ad in uh, all the car magazines at the time. And uh, you try to get uh, on the right page as far as forward as you can. And, and we have an 800 number and somebody needs to be in the office at 8 o'clock. You know, we have on the ad open from 8 to 5 Pacific time. And somebody needs to take the orders in. We process the orders. We take the uh, 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 slips to the bank every day before it closes. And uh, the, then we work in a bag. Uh, to assemble the brackets because we were one of the very first companies that said, uh, when somebody said, how soon can I expect it? It will be in the mail tonight. Ooh. You know, this was where wow. everybody was waiting for stuff 30 days. Yeah. Right. It'd be in the mail tonight. Uh, it goes out first class. You should have it in three, four days. That's, wow. so, That's, you know, That's this pretty heavy stuff and, for that time. So yeah. Here it comes. Here comes Tom Floyd into the picture. He walks in, this really wonderful young man, and he said, uh, how can I help you to get more stuff done? And I go, you can go in the back and assemble the brackets. And so he was there every day till midnight because the post office closed at midnight on the backside. And we would print the labels and put it on the tubes and in you know, beautiful little white tubes with uh, 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 labels that were typed on the IBM Selectric, you know, beautifully done. Also, all the receipts were beautifully done and all of this. Uh, actually, Otis Chandler one time sent me a note 
I won one of those, and by the way, I saw it how you send it. It is just so clever. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very nice. You know, Otis Chandler was the big guy in Los yes. Angeles that owned uh, Times, uh, uh, LA Times. Wow. Yes. Very big car guy and motorcycle guy. He had a huge collection of motorcycles. Very nice man. Anyway, coming back to Tom, Tom then disappeared when I got interested in getting cars for people uh, 1985 and and uh, I had a really great guy working for me uh, that kind of a, was running it while I was doing everything else, uh, Carl Drugheimer and he brought his wife in to help with the office and and uh, he was just just the catalyst that made everything happen in a large scale and, and just, just wonderful and uh, Tom just worked his butt off in the in the back, and then when the thing started to, you know, since the microwave copied the 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 idea of this, so they came up with their own own bracket and and all of this, and so the business started to kind of peter off, and I then was you know delivering nine fifty nines and delivering F forties and all this stuff, so uh, it became not wow. as important to me, and so. Carl basically ran it up till the time that he wanted to do something else. And he's incredibly successful. I am very proud of him. And he is, uh, he's, as he said, everything I learn, I learn from you. Nice. So that's very nice. Very nice of him. So coming back to Tom, Tom disappears into, into San Diego area. And uh, he works for a little Porsche store. And one of the guys is the head or head of export for Fox Shocks. And he comes to him and he goes, I need, I need somebody to run around the world for uh, dirt bikes, uh, 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 meaning bicycles, that people were running all over the world in races. So Tom went all over the world until his wife said, enough. <laughs> you know, you need to come back and we need to reestablish ourselves and maybe what we should do is to move back to Pacific Northwest. So he comes to Pacific Northwest and starts Elevation Lab with a friend of his. And suddenly Tom says, let's go to the original pancake house. This is <laughs> the original pancake house where all the original pancake house started from. And it's just down the road from here. And we have been going to it. Carl's parents have gone there for 77 years. Wow. A long time. And I've been going there, what, I am in Oregon 45 years. So I've been going there for 45 years. So Tom calls and he goes, let's meet at the original Pancake House. This is, by the way, if, if you guys coming to, to Portland, you need to be there at 7 when they open because by 7.30 you are too late. They are just people sta- standing, uh, uh, sitting down. The place is packed from 7 until about, 2.30, and they close at, at 3. And they are closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, well, excuse me. They are closed Monday, Tuesday. They reopen on Wednesday. Don't you guys and have other place, places that serve waffles? I mean, surely. <laughs> but this place is amazing. This this has real whipping cream, real butter. Uh, 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 this is absolutely, totally amazing. Our One of the, our most favorite places in the world is is original pancake house anyway 
he calls me up and there's the boot that I got introduced to original Pentecost. So that's one of the reasons why we go very early because we always wanted to sit in the same boot. So Tom comes and he goes, I have an idea. My wife uh, was doing some uh, um, catering and we just came home from Quail and uh, I know we have nothing like this in Pacific Northwest. And when we were driving back, we were discussing it and uh, we decided maybe we should do something like this. So if you notice also, taste of motorsports spells Tom and his name uh... is Tom. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> it took me a while to figure it out until I saw it written and Tom, I go, oh yeah, very, makes sense. You know, nice acronym. But anyway, he, he came to me and he said, is there something you'd be interested in? I said, for sure. I will help you however I can because you were so wonderful helping me, you know, when we were doing the things. And so uh, I presented the idea to my darling daughter, Maury. And she goes, Taste of Motorsports and Vashik Prolog Collection sounds like a great idea. So we have been sponsoring it. Now he, of course, got more people and he got his uh, family somehow. There's a uh, very wonderful man that owns a mortgage company. So he's now part of it. Uh, also, we got totally embraced by these wonderful people uh, that have Shelby American in Las Vegas. They oh, yeah. bring two trucks loads of cars to our event and they bring their really fun guy that is the factory driver and he just freely gives rides to everybody and they invite their own customers also because it's in a glorious setting it's completely laid back and has wonderful food and people get to experience the car as it is in its finest, not that necessarily they be able to drive it like this, but to, to see the potential of what the, what the car has, then they just have to drive on, uh, work on their driving skills. But uh, uh, Shelby is just incredibly proud to be involved with us because we provide exactly what they were after and as a matter of fact, uh, I asked Tom, I said, so what's the, what's the deal for this year? And he said, you know, it's Shelby's uh, uh, anniversary. So we have a, uh, the food this year is uh, Carl Shelby's favorite uh, 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 Texas food. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about brisket? Or are we no, talking about chili? Oh, it's chili. Yeah. Oh, chili. Oh, it's chili. Oh, it's chili. About, you know, Did a chili cook-off every chili, year. And we talk about all this stuff. And, uh, and uh, of course, Ron Tonkin, you know, there, there were a lot of very interesting people in Oregon. My father was the first Porsche dealer only in the United States, where there were other people that sold Porsche cars, but they were usually Volkswagen dealers selling 100 Volkswagens a month. And if some crazy person came and wanted to drive the Porsche, they go, you know, uh, go and wash it or, or clean it a little bit and give it to him. And if he comes back, fine. If he doesn't, that doesn't really matter. And, you know, they would sell four or five Porsche cars a year. And so when this Riviera Motors guy found out that my father is going to be a Porsche dealer in Manhattan Beach, one block away from him, and he was no longer be a, a Porsche dealer, uh, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, just give it to him. He'd be dead in one year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
so that was kind of fun. So, you know, coming back to Taste of Motorsports, uh, you may not believe this, but also the Rasmussen family was the first Mercedes-Benz dealer in the United States when they had Packards or whatever. And when uh, Packard, I think it was Packard, wasn't it, that started to import Mercedes-Benz to America. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Rasmussen said, me. And he was <laughs> the first one to raise a hand. So I was very, very close to him and also to his two two brothers, and uh, or two two sons, I should say, and also Ram Tonkin. You know, Ron Tonkin, yeah. the first official dealer in the United States for for uh, uh, Ferrari. Yes. Wow. And I'm still still close to Brad, Brad and, and his brother. Nice. That's very, very nice. Cool. Yeah, very so, cool. you know, it, it's such a wonderful community here. And uh, so they are very supportive. They bring all the Ferrari cars that they can get hands on. And Ron had a fabulous collection. And, they erect a huge tent and bring all these Ferrari cars, and they have a very, very clever girl that drives like, you know, the best drivers you have been exposed to, and uh, she gives rights. If you put your name on the list, she will give you a ride around PRR. Oh, and also, that? the concept of the taste of motorsport is that you can bring your car, you know, as long as it's not some jalopy, but, uh, you know, nice cars, you can bring nice cars, and there's a technical inspection, and and there are three groups uh, that, uh, where you know you kind of find out how everybody is driving, and uh, 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 and of course being a member of the establishment, I get to drive all three until <laughs> these these young whippersnappers in GT3 RSs and said he's too slow in his 993 RS. Uh, will you please tell him to go to the lower classes? You know, and it reminds me, Bill Aberlin said, you turn off all the electronic stuff, they'd be dead in the first corner. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at it that way. Said, yeah, let them, let, them, let them do. Let them do. So it's a great fun. Uh, you guys should come. It's the last weekend in August. We've been speaking with incredible raconteur Vashik Pollock Jr. You can find all of the social media links for Mr. Pollock on readthedriven.com. Vashik, thank you so very much with yes. the, for being with us this evening. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You and can waffles. Find us- waffles from a Waffle House. Eight hours to wait for a waffle. 37 hours to wait for your waffle okay as god is my witness i'll eat that waffle i just want to toss that in there because if it's that popular that needs to be a big freaking waffle you know that's a lot of smoking going on in a waffle house for a waffle yeah that is (laughs) holy crap (laughs) i think i was saying thanks for listening to the damn show we love what we do and we wouldn't be able to do it without waffles whipped cream I like waffles. And a lot of maple syrup. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen where fine waffles are heard. (laughs) I am Brent Waffle for Corey Waffle Pratt and Waffle Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll waffle you next time here on Driven Waffle.